0: Okay, another episode of the James Arnold Taylor podcast, getting ready to go. And Hank, we got to get Hank the engineer in. Hank. Yeah. Hank. Yeah. I can, what are you, what are you doing? I'm standing six feet away. I do I want to get in. You're standing six feet away? Yeah. When, and what is that on your face? Get my mask. Get my mask out again. I know. Well, I mean, it's like a whole, it's, that's like a Halloween mask or something. What do you take that off? What are you doing? Come here. What, get, come up to the microphone. I get close <laughs> You don't want to get close to me. I hate to tell you, Hank, but you and I are the same person. Uh, okay. Okay. Take the, take the mask off i gonna take the mask Take the mask I don't get I don't know what you're saying. Nobody can. You can't do a podcast with the mask on. I take a video. I, I, I don't I don't have any idea what you're saying. I can't, I
1: can't take a mat. Oh, oh, I got dizzy. I can't breathe. I well,
0: yeah, you, I mean, you can't. I mean, that's that's like a what is that? That's like a Halloween mask. It's not a. I, I don't even understand you.
1: Well, you know, they say, wear well, we, we, you know, wear a mask. And so I want to make
0: sure I'm, I'm wearing a mask and doing the right things. I, I think you're, you're, you're taking this a little too far. And that's not, I don't think that's what they were talking about. Anyways. Uh, well, all right. You know, maybe we shouldn't be too close. We're fine. We're fine. Okay. The way I look at it, people in your, your own house, especially person that shares the same vocal cords. What do you mean? Nothing. People get it. The show's called Talking to Myself. It's me doing the voices. Come on. We all know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyways, okay, let me test the microphone. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, but I'd prefer you to not spit on the microphone. See, when you do the hello, 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 you kind of spit everywhere. Well, I'm just saying. That's why I put... The, I'm putting the mask... No, don't put that... In hello, 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 hello. Okay, and no, nobody, nobody can understand. But you know what? Why am I fighting this? Actually... Why why am I arguing with you and trying to get you to actually be on the show in the mask? uh, What do you mean? Nothing. Why don't you just go and eat an onion sandwich? Ooh, I can't even imagine eating an onion sandwich and then putting that mask on. The smell inside that must be uh, something. Yeah, it's a sight to behold, man. Okay. I, I don't know what you said, but I think you said something about it being a sight to behold. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, uh, why don't you go get Billy, then? Let me get, get Billy in here, and he'll, he'll help me out. Okay, hey, hey, Billy! Hey, Billy! Hey, yes, what, you got a mask on, too? You guys are wearing a Halloween mask. What are they? I don't know. His was, like, some weird kind of alien thing. Fake, like, a knockoff Star Wars one. What is that that you're wearing? Oh, that's... Oh, is that Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yes, I wear the Obi-Wan Kenobi mask, okay. okay, Billy, I can't understand... With the, can you take the, I appreciate the Obi-Wan Kenobi mask that you're wearing, but can you take the mask off? It's okay. We don't have to worry about the social distancing here on the podcast, okay? We're in a studio. We're in a contained environment. It's all good. Everybody's been deloused. It's It's fine. It's fine. All right? It's fine. Take the mask off. It'll be fine.
1: <laughs> yes, okay, let me just talk. Should I not be? I shouldn't be too close to the microphone. I
0: shouldn't be close to you now. No, you can get, you can, just go to the guest mic. Uh, you, both you and Hank, you know, there's another microphone here. That's the guest mic. You guys don't need to talk on my microphone. I prefer you to not talk on my microphone because that is a little too close. Look, I'm, uh, the whole social distancing, I get it. But I, you know, for me personally, I just never really like people getting in my space anyways. So just go to that microphone.
1: Yeah, this microphone, yeah.
0: Yes. Okay. Oh yes. Hello. 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 Okay. Don't you don't need to be Hank though, right? Billy, how are you? I'm I'm doing very good. sir. Yes, yes Mister James. Yes, James. James. Sir,
1: sir, sir, uh, sir. Social distance, James. A lot.
0: Okay. All right. Are you hanging in? You're you're being well. Uh, family's good. Everybody's safe and healthy. Oh yes. you No. Know, we're doing all very. We're doing very well. You know, we're we're all doing very well too. I think most people. I think most people are doing very well. And that's certainly my prayer and hope for everybody, that everybody's doing well. I just wanted to check in with you, and it's good to have you on. The, you haven't been on the show in a while uh, in, in any big, you know, we haven't talked to you. So now, you know, you're an intern for the show, Billy. Yes, sir, Mr. James. Uh, just James? Yes, sir, Mr. Just James. No, just James. Just James. Okay, whatever. Um, you're an intern on the show, so you are a student. You normally are, like, how are you doing classes and stuff?
1: Well, no. So you know, you do, do all the classes from you know on the, on the Zoomers.
0: <laughs> You're like Hank now, the Zoomers. Zoom the Zoom. Yeah, you know the Zoom. Okay. You Zoom classes. Do you? Are you finding though, Billy? This is what I'm hearing now because I have a 15 year old daughter, as you know. Oh yes, no, uh, Lydia. She's very, she's lovely. She's very nice. Okay, yeah, back off. And she is getting, and some of her friends they're talking about now. And I love how all of them create these new sayings like instantly out of nowhere, but they're getting, they're getting Zoom fatigue. (laughs) Are you getting the Zoom fatigue with your classes? Well, you know, I mean, if that means that I'm getting a little fatigued by having to do everything but just on the Zoom and all of that, then yes, sir. Yes, I actually am getting the Zoom. I didn't know that that's what it is. Yes, I'm actually getting Zoom fatigued. Yeah, you are. And after that last sentence, I'm getting a little Billy fatigued. I'm sorry? Nothing. Yeah, a lot of people are getting the Zoom fatigue, meaning they're just spending too much time on the Zoom. Just Zoom, 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 everything Zoom. Everyone, oh, we we'll all meet via Zoom. It's crazy. It's it's a little crazy, but, you know, look, I'm really, I am I wish I bought stock in Zoom back before all of this, huh? If we all known that you'd buy a little stock in Zoom. Not that I, I don't really buy stocks anyways, but that's the saying, you know. Be, boy, if I'd known then... I could have bought Stuck in Zoom. Who's that guy? I don't know. Is that my, like, uh, that's my accountant guy or something, huh? Hey, yeah. How you doing, James? Yeah, I'm your accountant. I don't know if I trust you if you're my accountant. (laughs) Oh, anyways. Hey, uh, Billy, we should get, well, I'm glad you're doing that. Don't get fatigued, though. Try not to get fatigued. Oh, I'll do my very best, sir, Mr. James. Sir James. James, yes. Um, let's get Mr. Announcer Guy in here to announce the show, though. That's probably a good idea, don't you think? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, (laughs) yes. Okay. Hey, Mr. Announcer Guy. Oh, yes, James. What? <laughs> You're social distancing and, and you can get on, you know, you have your own Mr. Announcer Guy mic. They are, they, we have the guest mic, we have my mic, and then we have Mr. Announcer Guy's own special mic that he's on. You, can, you don't need to social distance from your own microphone, Mr. Uh, Announcer Guy. Yes, James. I'll do my very best. Okay, but you can take that mask. That mask looks, now correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Announcer Guy, that mask actually looks like a mask of you. That's right. It's actually a mask. Of my face. Take, take the mask off so I can understand you better. Oh yeah. Yes, yes. <clears throat> oh, I can breathe. That's right. Yeah, man. It's actually a mask of my face, man. I had it made. So then people would just go, Hey, look, it's just him. Yeah. But I think, okay, here's the thing. I think everybody, you guys are getting the wrong impression of masks. I don't think anybody said wear Halloween masks, <laughs> but I, I like it. It's kind of fun and funny. So, <laughs> anyways, um, there, people are wearing like, you know, masks to cover just their their nose and their mouth when they go out. I We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the masks and my thoughts on the masks and stuff, but, uh, you know, uh, but I, th- I think you guys got the wrong idea. Anyways, Mr. Announcer Guy, how are you? Are you doing okay? You're staying good and safe and all that? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling healthy. Well, you, you know, you and I being voice people, people that make a living with our voices, we don't, this is kind of just par for the course for, for us. Yeah, I don't golf, but whatever, man. No, okay, well, it's just, it's an expression. Meaning that, you know, we're used to not touching our faces after being out and stuff and washing our hands a lot and being safe and all. That's right, man. You got to protect the cords, the pipes. Yes, the vocal cords, the the pipes as they call them, Yes yeah man okay, well so you're you're doing fine. you're doing healthy i you know what I just did. I had a session for Fox, and I had to do your voice just to, just before we started the podcast. That's right, man. It was the season finale of animation domination That's right. I'm sad. you know when the season ends it's it's sad for me because when fox then over throughout the summer, Fox doesn't usually need me, and I don't do promos for them throughout the summer. Which makes me sad because I really love, it's some of my favorite work in voiceover to do. I love working with all the people. They're wonderful people. And it's also sad because then you're missing out on a job, which of course we don't want to miss out on jobs or anything, but you know, so, uh, so summertime, great, but not so great for not doing promos. It makes me sad. Yeah, man, totally. So, uh, we just finished a, a season finale Sunday promo before starting the podcast here it's animation domination season finale Sunday. And you know, I always have to say finale. They want me to say finale. I'm used to saying finale. We've covered this before, I think, on the show. Yeah, man, you're retracing steps. Okay. All right. I don't want to repeat. I repeat a lot on this show. I know people probably think, gosh, he says the same stuff. I do, because, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a people pleaser and I'm a um I'm one of those people that always doesn't want to assume that everybody knows everything about the show. Even though we're 45 episodes into this show and uh, almost two years of recording it, I still, like, ass- assume that, you know, half the people listening are first-time listeners, and so I like to fill them in on everything. that All the characters here, you know, Mr. Announcer Guy and Billy the Intern and Hank the Engineer and Jake... uh jake one of the announcer guys all your brother announcer guys and jerry the music man and all all the characters on the show and don't forget franklin your agent that's right franklin my agent i haven't talked to franklin we should maybe we should call franklin at some point should we call franklin well let me introduce the show first oh yeah since we're like 10 minutes into the show you should probably introduce it okay uh uh, hey jerry the music man okay take the mask off jerry (coughs) sorry james yes boy that joke's getting old yeah i know Chewing the music for the James Arnold Taylor Podcast. Thanks, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, it's the James Arnold Taylor Podcast, talking to myself, the Jackcast. Man, that's a lot of names, isn't it? I always think so, too. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Anyways, yeah. Here he is, the guy that's doing all the voices you're hearing, including this one, James Arnold. Taylor! Thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. You got it, man. I'm going to quarantine now. Okay. And there he goes. Um, <laughs> you know, who, who'd have thought that uh, all of this would allow for so much comedy fun on the show? Welcome to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. What were we going to, we were going to talk about something <clears throat> see, look at that. I got all carried away in, in uh, Mr. Announcer Guy's announcement that I I forgot. Uh,
1: you were going to call your agent, Franklin.
0: Oh, thank thank you, Mr. Announcer Guy. Yes, we were going to call Franklin. Um, so let's, yeah, let's give Franklin a call. I'm curious to see how he's doing during the quarantine. And with his son, so if you're new to the show, my agent, Franklin, and his son, Brian, is uh, <laughs> an interesting fella that... Um, a lot of times gives me a bad time. About he's a big Ewan McGregor fan, so he gives me a bad time about being Obi Wan Kenobi. But we'll see if uh, Brian answers and uh, if he's been enjoying the quarantine. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Is that? Hey, is that Brian? Hey, what, Wait, Brian? Hello. Take your mask off. This re- this joke is getting old.
1: Oh, yeah. Is that Obi-Nobody?
0: Yes, it's Obi-Nobody.
1: Hey, dude, I saw that season finale of the Clone Wars.
0: Oh, season, season finale, series finale. It was not the season, it was a series finale. The end of the Clone Wars. Yeah, you saw it. You have the Disney Plus?
1: Yeah, dude.
0: Oh, cool. And what'd you think?
1: I thought you McGregor was really good in that. I'm glad they got him instead of you. No, 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 no.
0: It was me. Because I have voiced Obi-Wan throughout all of the Clone Wars, and it was me. It was not you and McGregor. Not even, dude. Yeah. I don't believe it. <laughs> okay. Anyways, you liked the end of the... Don't give any spoilers, because you're on the podcast right now, and some people may not have seen it yet.
1: No, no, no I'm not a spoiler dude. So, yeah, they, they, people should watch it. Uh, it was rad.
0: And, you know... I, 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 okay, calm down. I, I thought it was really cool, dude. Well, thank you, Brian. This is the most civil conversation you and I have ever had.
1: Whatever, dude. You want to talk to my dad?
0: Yeah, I I do. You're like a mind reader.
1: Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm psychic. All right, hang on. Dad. Mm. Dad. Mm. Dad, take the mask off. (laughs) Dude, he's already done that joke. Oh, you. oh, oh, good. Okay, give me the phone, no. No, give me the phone. Yeah. No, give me the yeah. uh, uh, uh. Hello, darling. Oh, I got so excited toot.
0: <laughs> Hi, Franklin. Uh, good to have you here on the podcast. Uh, you were doing the whole mask and social distancing thing too there, yeah? Yeah, I didn't know if I should take the phone from him because, you know, I, I, I want to keep my distance. Yeah, but You guys are family and, you know, you you wash your hands and stuff. I think, you know, people... You don't want to take it so far that you can't be around the people in your house. I don't know. I don't know if I
1: want to be around Brian even, even without the social distancing.
0: <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, that's, well, fair enough. So it's been a busy time, though, for me as a voice actor. People are going, oh, gosh, can you still work? Because a lot of Hollywood, Hollywood is shut down. Now, you represent other people besides me. You represent talent on camera and stuff, too.
1: Yes, I represent all the big stars and the, the, the famous people and then you.
0: <laughs> Gee, thanks. So, has it been uh, harder for people? Yeah, everybody's scrambling. They all want to put together a, voc- a voice a
1: vocal, a voiceover booth, and then have it in their homes, like you. But you've been doing this forever.
0: I've been, I have been, I've had a home studio for 26 years or more—just a little over 26 years. Oh my goodness! Oh, so I am very used to having a home studio and recording at home and doing all this. It's not a big deal to me. And so, yeah, everybody's been calling me. I know because I've been sending them to you. No, don't, don't, Franklin, come on.
1: What? I just said, you say you know who would know how to do that is Jimmy
0: Arnold Taylor. You don't call me Jimmy Arnold Taylor, I hope. I, I do behind your back. Okay. You know I don't go by Jimmy, and I don't like the Jimmy. I know. I know. I'm just giving you a bad time. Okay. So, uh, people, are, people are looking to build their home studios now. They're all getting a little frantic, a little crazy about it because everybody wants to do voiceover now. Before I know, but now it's even more so, isn't it? Yes, darling, it's even more. Everybody, your voice, your voice, your voice. I know, I know, I know. It's crazy, but so it's been busy. I've been working on a lot of projects. Don't say anything, darling. You're on the podcast. Don't, don't give it away. No, I know. I can't. I can't talk about anything I do because it's all uh, NDAs, non-disclosures. But we've been working, and I'm, I'm thankful, Franklin, that we're working on a lot of stuff. <laughs> Good with the voiceover. Okay, stop with the fake song. I don't, yeah, I don't understand why you always do the fake song. I just. I get excited. Oh, You get excited and you toot. Okay. I do. I mean, that's what happens. I don't know why it's so loud on the phone when you toot. But anyways, okay. Stay safe, Franklin. I just wanted to check in with you make sure everything was good. I'm, I'm staying safe, and and then uh,
1: we, we, we order stuff, and uh, and Brian Brian has made a fort out of all the toilet paper.
0: Okay, so you guys are the hoarders. Don't hoard the toilet paper, Franklin. Well, no, it's fun, and now you get like a little castle he's made out of all of it. Yeah, but you know, other people don't have toilet paper now because you guys went and bought it all.
1: Oh, I never thought of that. You need some?
0: No, I don't really want your toilet paper. Okay, darling. Anyways, I'm going
1: to go play in the toilet
0: paper fort. <laughs> All right. How old are you again? What? Nothing. Never mind. I'm so glad you're my agent. Oh, me too, darling. I was kidding. What? Nothing. All right, Franklin. You and Brian go play in the toilet paper fort and social distance with your masks on. What's your mask, by the way?
1: I wear I wear a bozo, the clown, because I, I love bozo, and he, he makes me smile and laugh, and he kind of scares Brian. Stop it with the clown mask. Hello, Brian. Stop it.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Again, you guys have gotten this mask thing totally wrong. All right. Uh, We'll talk to you later. And uh, uh, thank you, Franklin. Let me know if any jobs come in.
1: Oh, yes, darling. All right. All right. right. I love you. Stay social distance safe. Okay. All right. I'm going to sing a social distance song. No, you're not. I'm going to hang up on you. Oh,
0: right, you got the tongue. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this is the world I live in. Welcome everybody to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Hey, we do have actually a, a lot of uh, cool stuff happening on this podcast, a special one. Now, you know, most of the time the show is called talking to myself. And most of the time I spend the time talking to me as I've just done for 20 some odd minutes. And, um, I want to talk about everything that's going on, but I also want to just, you know, entertain you, but also get you to what are we going to do? What do we do? I've got two things of water with me right now. What's one of the rules of the James Arnold Taylor podcast? That's right, you have a big glass of water with you. Ah, that's good water. And you drink water while listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Why? Cuz hydrating your body very very important. Don't drink soda, don't drink coffee don't drink all that during the James Arnold Taylor podcast. You take a break from all that during my show and you drink water. Cool, refreshing, lovely water. And we hydrate our bodies and we breathe deep. Let's do some breathe deep breathing. Okay, we're going to breathe in for four seconds. Hold it for seven seconds. Out for eight seconds. Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Do that while I'm talking to you now. Breathe in for four, hold for seven, blow out for eight. While I'm talking to you during this part now, you're just relaxing and breathing and remembering everything is okay. You're listening to the James Arnold Taylor podcast, so that gives you that chance to deflate, to relax, to laugh, to live, to love, to imagine, to dream, to take in inspiration. This is your time. This is my giving back to all of you that are wonderful fans of, of me and my show, and my work and whatever I've done in and cartoons and, and video games and stuff, being the voice of all these characters all these years. This is my thanks to you. So breathe, drink some water, relax. Don't think about the news and all the junk going on. Let's just breathe. Let's just take it in. If you're listening to this show right now, that means you are a living, breathing human being with dreams and goals and stuff, but it also means you've made it through. You've made it through some tough stuff. And you're ready to just relax, to laugh, to experience something. Life, it can't be that bad if you're taking the time to listen to the show, okay? There's been a lot of scary stuff going on. A lot of scary stuff that's been... Um, put out there and I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say a lot of it has been made to scare us a lot of it has been made to get us fearful we don't want to be fearful okay you cannot live in fear it's you know we are going to talk about fight-or-flight and stuff today with a guest we have a very special guest on the show I'm very excited to have a very dear friend longtime friend an amazing therapist he is a uh, a therapist that has been a radio host. He's he's been an actor, a speaker, a singer-songwriter, a stuntman, a police officer, a writer, author of a book, a fantastically talented man who also is the epitome of what I'm talking about. Calm, cool, and collected. He does not fear in times of trouble. You know why? He's seen it all. This man has seen it all. He really has. He's gone through the gamut in life. He's gone through the hardest things people will go through in life. He has. Um, and, and we're going to hear from him. But here's the here's the cool thing. With all of that said, you're going to laugh. You're going to enjoy. You're going to be inspired by the time that I spend with a very dear friend of mine named Joe Sikora. Joe Sikora is a therapist and a wonderful guy that I sat down with and talked to. And that's what the bulk of this show is going to be today is my time with Joe talking about how we cope with all of the junk going on and how we just deal. So right now, I just want you to get into that mode and go, you know what? I started listening to James's show so I could laugh. I could relax. I could take it in. It's exciting when that comes up and I get my notification that a new episode is up. But by the end of it, I'm going to have tools in my belt in my holster to pull out and use when I'm feeling afraid, anxious, uh, perplexed, depressed, frustrated, angry. I'm going to have tools because that's also the goal of this show on a regular basis is for me to give you more than just entertainment, but to actually give you tools. In my regular life as an entertainer, I give you entertainment. I provide that. And here's the here's the line that gets blurred for all of us celebrity folk, all of us people in the, in the, in the public eye is we go, Oh, that means I have a platform to talk about what I believe politically or religiously. And yes, I do talk about my spirituality here. I do. I do. But sometimes people use it as a platform to push things. I try to make it as a, this, this show is the one place where I talk about things that are deeper than what I do as an entertainer. And I always try to respect the boundaries of that to say, here are my thoughts. Here is how I live. Here is what has worked for me. Most importantly, here's what's worked for me in my life. Here's the tools and techniques and things that I do on a regular basis to make me get up out of bed every day and start my day on my knees actually in prayer, thankful to God and going, now I'm going to conquer whatever I need to conquer today. Look, your day could be as difficult as dealing with tons of people on a Zoom call and conferences and juggling work stuff or it could be as simple as I just have to make sure the garbage cans get taken out because it's trash day today and that's it because there's so little to do right now. But you know what? Here's what I say. Write it down. Check it off the list. Write down those simple things. Do laundry today. okay? It's laundry day at the Taylor House because it's, it's Monday. As I'm recording this. And uh, so it's laundry day and cleaning day. And so, and it's trash day. And so all those things are happening. So those things get put on a list. At the end of the day, you check it off. Even if it's something you would do. I mean, you could start your day with a list of brush my teeth and get out of bed and If you're at this point, somebody that's having difficulty with life, it's good to write those things down and then at the end of the day, after you've done them, check them off the list. You know why? It gives you a feeling of accomplishment and even the smallest little accomplishments in our life can build bigger ones throughout our life and build new habits and new disciplines and new reflexes in us to go, ah, not so bad after all. Yes, I can accomplish things. If you can accomplish the little things like getting up and brushing your teeth in the morning, you can accomplish the big things like dealing with that person you don't want to deal with, having that conversation you don't want to do, of trying to find new work. Now, I've been getting emails from many of you. Got one from a fellow named Rick in the U.S. that I'm going to read after I play Joe's thing because I want to get to Joe's thing and talk about being unemployed and life and what do you do and all that. So we're going to tell a little story and all that. But that'll be after we listen now because this is going to be really helpful for all of you. So for you now, my time with Marriage and Family Therapist, Joe Sikora here on the James Arnold Taylor podcast. Take a listen. Mr. Joe Sikora, I thank you so much for joining me here on the show, on the, on the Cast, as we call it. That's what we, we call it. You know, me and the fans, the three people that listen, we call it the JATCAST. <laughs> Thanks for being on with me. I, I listen. So you're up to four. <laughs> That's okay. Great. Great. Yeah. So now um, you have done, So many things in your life and that I I want to touch on that because I think a lot of people that listen to this show are searching for goals in their lives and what to achieve. But what I love is you've been an actor, you've been a stuntman, a police officer, you speak regularly to people, a radio host, a podcaster, a TV host, a singer, a songwriter. And a therapist.
2: It's called ADD. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: My wife frequently asked me, "What are you going to be when you grow up?" I go, "I don't know. <laughs> Still
0: figuring it out." <laughs> isn't that kind of a, a a great way of of living? Is being able to take these things and and become different things in different eras of our lives, and that is really important, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, when I was a kid obviously, you know, like, like you, you know, well, you really knew what you wanted to do. You said, I want to be a voiceover actor. And right. you did it. You know, <laughs> yeah. what were you four years old? when you? I made was. That <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was similar. I, I think when I was in my, you know, early teens, I said, I want to be an actor. And hmm. I pursued it and met with success. But then life comes along. And I think here's where you've got to be flexible. If you really want to be resilient, if you really want to you know, enjoy the adventure of life. You've got to be willing to be shaped and molded by life's experiences. So, mm. even though I was an actor and was, you know, not not successful, like, oh, there's Joe Sakura. <laughs> you, <know, laughs> you know, but I, I had worked, I had made a living. Right. But, you know, things happened in my life and I was really faced with having to let go of my dream. And and say, okay, God, what can you make of my life now? And that's a far better place to be. So it it's is. a big story,
0: but, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just started to explore other aspects of life, and it was wonderful. I think you and I are are similar too in that I don't feel like I necessarily hear God go, James, do this today. You know, it's it's not like a, a an audible voice, certainly not. But you he, just sounded just like God that's exactly, that's exactly how, how I imagine him sounding <laughs> <laughs> I've got to add him to the show as a new character then yeah, Careful <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. but how is it when you when you feel those shifts in your life or you feel like you know maybe I'm I'm feeling a tug by the holy spirit or what exactly is it for you you know, yeah, it, you're exactly right. I, I,
2: you know, I never heard that voice like, Joe, you know, I want you to now be a cop. Yeah. Sometimes it, sometimes it's the desires of your heart. You know, mm-hmm. like while I was an actor, I, I had family members who were in law enforcement and I thought, man, I want to do that too. You know, there, there was just right. something fun about it and it was that desire of the heart. And so I pursued it. I was a reserve cop for 10 years and just did it for free and loved it. Hmm. But then later on, you know, when my hand was really forced, and again, we can talk about that or not. But when my hand was really forced, because my life circumstances were challenged and changed so significantly. Yeah. It wasn't like I said, yes, now I want to become a full time police officer. I kind of went kicking and dragging. Really? And yes, because I thought, I, I I've got to do something. I got to, mm-hmm. I've got to take care of my family. I've got to make more, you know, more money. I had to let go of my dream. Yeah. And so it was very difficult. So I, I cause I just kind of, I had to reconcile that being an actor maybe wasn't God's call for me. Maybe that was just Joe's desire. Hmm. And so I, I had to let go of that and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this, but it wasn't really like my heart's like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. And I, I think that's the whole idea with faith. Is sometimes you have to let go of your own desires so that you can be shaped and molded and called out to do something uh, different by God.
0: Right. That you know, it's it's similar in in my stage show. I talk about the the things that happened to me in my health and such, and so it made me. Find new muscles to work out, and it's, it's kind right. of the same thing, right? That where uh, the the things that we feel are like a pain or hurt us, or we just don't want to do, you know, or plain and simply want to whine about those right. things. If we can flip the script, so to speak, and go, oh, these are really new opportunities to grow in places I never could have imagined. Uh, yes, then we can take off. Does that does that kind of echo what you're uh, saying? Uh, Absolutely, I, I think
2: we're discovering that you know. Right now, we're in the midst of the coronavirus and and all that. You know, right. it seems like we're getting outside of it now, and life might return. But a lot of lives have been shaped and changed and challenged, and a lot of lives have been destroyed too. There's no doubt about yeah. it. But I think that no matter the obstacle, and this is where Joe, the therapist, now comes in. is like mm-hmm. we're all going to face crisis in life. We're going to have setbacks and hardships. And if you really want to learn to thrive despite life's difficulties, you've mm-hmm. got to say, okay, now what is the opportunity? How can my life be reshaped and molded? How can I begin anew? And I think we're going to find this with the coronavirus. People coming out and refashioning new lives, new careers, right? Uh, but like with you and your health crisis, with me and my family's, uh, you know, health crisis, right? You know, sometimes that's what we're allowed to do is to say okay now what and with faith i think that's a a great opportunity (laughs) it's like i have no idea how to do this but okay god i've got to do something now what, how do I do this?
0: Yeah. And he comes through if you're really open to that. So you wrote a book called Defying Gravity, Yeah, how choosing joy lifted my family from death to life. Yeah, I love the title because it says it all, but this, this is an awesome, awesome story. I, I loved reading this book. Um, and can you just kind of give us a little about it? Because you know, you've, you've talked about a bit about your family and the struggles and things, but This is a huge thing that has happened in your life and and you've taken it and done exactly what we're talking about. You've used it all for the better. You and your entire family have have flipped that script and just said, we're going to make the best out of this and find providence in it. Can you just tell us a bit about your book?
2: Yeah. You know, I never intended to write a book. It was not, you know, it was one of those things. It wasn't my life goal in high school. Someday I want to write a book. It wasn't like that. i uh, It came out of a process. I, I used to, you know, write these Christmas letters. And people would get them. They said, oh my gosh, they were so funny. What a great story. And then tragedy hit my family. Long story short, my, both my, first my oldest son, when he was seven years old, he was diagnosed with a rare neurological degenerative disease that would mm. lead to his death. And he died a, a few years ago at the age of 24. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And so I, 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 I was writing all these Christmas letters and they got kind of depressing for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And I said to myself, I thought, wait a second, this isn't all of my life. I'm still with my kids. We're living joyfully. We're doing a lot of cool and fun things. hmm And I I thought, okay, I've got to start writing about what is good as well in my life, you know, not run from the struggle, but write about the whole adventure of life. Now, what do you do? Because I was really faced with having to redefine, okay, what is life all about? Yeah. you know, knowing that life is going to be cut short for my kids, what is it all about? So my Christmas cards got a little bit deeper and people would call me and they said, oh my gosh, I laughed and I cried and I laughed and I cried. And then somebody ridiculously said, you should write a book. <laughs> and being <laughs> being just enough of a nut, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't admit that as a therapist. I said, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was one of those things, I, I don't know how to write a book, but I'll, I'll just <laughs> figure it out as I go. Uh, oh, great man. metaphor for life, because I, I think, you know, we we all have that opportunity. So I began writing it, and then rewriting it, and then the third draft, and the fourth draft, and I sent it to a publisher, and it got turned down, and I wrote another draft and just sent it to more people. And then finally, a publisher said, this is a really beautiful story, yeah. and um, we want to publish it. And I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And behold, you know, I've got a published book. So yeah it was really about my life's uh, this journey so far up to this point with my kids about life and death and the lessons learned right. you know meeting real obstacles like we had done yeah and so it just came out and i think part of it was that cathartic experience i think i was trying to figure out you know what does life mean now what really matters now how do mm-hmm. i find meaning and purpose now and so part of the book was me working things out trying to understand what had happened and and you know part of it was just to share this experience and try to encourage and instill hope in other people who are facing you know great difficulties
0: well it, it is exactly that it's very inspiring and it is just a beautiful read and it is it's like sitting you know I've known you for many years so it's it's like sitting there and hanging out with you and you just telling a story but a very compelling story a very emotional story but also a very fun and light and uplifting and funny story as well. And, and people go, what, you know, how can you combine those? (laughs) You managed to do that for not being a writer, you know, (laughs) uh, you managed to write uh, one heck of a book in that regard. And I just, I thank you for it. Uh, I I would love to see an audio version of it uh, because I'm an audio guy. And so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe we can, we can talk about that in the future because uh, I think, Many people would benefit from that. I don't know how, if you, if you listen to audio books, I always say books on tape because I'm an old guy, but um, <laughs> I get the book on tape. A book on 8-track. Is, is that 8-track? 8-track. Reel to reel? What is Yeah. It? yeah. But um, I, I feel like it would also be a wonderful way for people to hear that story through your, your own voice and, and such too. So I, I hope we can see I, that I'd happen. I'd like to do that. We'll definitely have that conversation because <laughs> I, uh, I would like to do that.
2: Yeah. Uh, maybe great. I should just have you read it. And, no, and read no, your, no, 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 no. You could no. do all the different characters
0: <laughs> no. how do you it, even play my wife <laughs> <laughs> it has to be you so no but it it really is um, uh, an awesome awesome story and I highly recommend people go its so uh, it is on Amazon and uh, I've yeah. seen it in bookstores uh, locally as well uh, I know at my uh, Barnes and Noble I've seen it there and such I believe but it is yeah. defying gravity is uh, you can really just if you if you search defying gravity it'll it'll pop up but then the uh, subtitle how choosing joy lifted my Family from Death to Life uh, yeah. by Joe Sikora, and I should I should say it is S I K O R R A two R's get those two R's in there right? Yeah, wow, well, you spell it correctly. Not yes, many people can do that. <laughs> You've got talent. <laughs> Gosh, so many things we could talk about in so many different directions, and that was the one fun thing you said before we started. You're like, we can go wherever on this, and I yeah. I love that we can. And the one thing too, again, I think most of the folks that listen to my show. You know, they're they're pop culture fans, they're Star Wars fans, they're comic book fans and stuff, but they're also fans of finding who and what they are in life. And yeah. that's why I thought it was such a great fit to have you on here is to talk about those things. There's a lot of young folks, I think, that listen to my show that... Don't know what they want to be yet, Joe. And so, so what do you say to a young person like that, that, you know, comes in for, uh, you know, to talk with you or, or just, you know, asks your advice over a cup of coffee when they go, I just don't even know what I want to be yet. Is, Is there a starting point? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. And, and again,
2: for me, my own personal life experience, like you said, you know, I mm-hmm. was a, I was an actor and a stuntman and a cop and I'm now a marriage and family therapist. I've done different things. So I would say, first of all, you know, recognize if you're in your twenties, your thirties, your teens or whatever it is that you don't have to have all the answers. What Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to do is to fail at things. I I think a lot of young people, especially these days, you know, there's no doubt about it. The science, the research says we are suffering more, the young especially, with anxiety and depression. And, And I think the biggest reason why, and there's a number of reasons why, is that we don't think it's okay to go out and fall, fall down or fail. Right. And I think if you really want to discover who you are, you've got to be willing to go out and try things and look like an idiot or fall down (laughs) and fail. I look like an idiot frequently. (laughs) No. But but I, I think that's it. I would say, you know, just go out and experiment because at some point you're going to say to yourself, oh, wow, this feels really good. I love to help people or I love story or I love to write or I love to... And I think it's important to find out what you love, but I I would want to say this with the caveat that, you know, like for instance, you knew very early on that you love doing voices. You love to, you know, make a story come alive with your voice. Right. But we also have this capacity in our brain, this God-given capacity Mm -hmm. to actually grow and do things that we never thought we were good at. So I'd say, even if you thought, oh, I'm a really great athlete, maybe I should be a pro athlete. Mm -hmm. No, maybe you're really gifted in this area, but you can also grow to become something that you never thought of. Mm -hmm. And here's the example I would give from scripture. I always think about this. Peter the apostle, right? Before yep. he was an apostle, he was what? He was a fisherman. fisherman yeah, <laughs> he, he was a professional fisherman. Yep. And Christ comes along one day and he says, Peter, come follow me. He drops the nets. I mean, he becomes like a leader of the church. He becomes a, a great apostle an evangelist. A, the rock. <laughs> right, the rock. And, and Peter didn't have this experience. He didn't have the degree. He didn't have the training. But God was able to shape and mold that. And, and he was willing to go out and, and make a fool of himself and fail. And he did, mm-hmm. right? Yep. He denied Christ. He did all sorts of things that were mistakes. So I would say again to young people, if you don't know what it is that you want to do, I would say just risk and try things. Be willing to fail. Yes. It's a great teacher. You know? <laughs> and that's where I'd start.
0: You know? Yeah. Yeah, okay, thank you. No, I think that that is a really important thing for people to hear. I, I do say it uh, often, not as well as you said it, but I say it. <laughs> and But you and, can say it with different voices. That's so right. So if I do it in a funny voice or as Obi-Wan <laughs> yes. Kenobi, then it's all fine. Yeah. But, yeah. but it really is the truth. I mean, I didn't know, I knew I wanted to be a voice actor, but I got into stand-up comedy, I got into radio, and I knew those were going to help me. Yeah. But I also thought, you know, I'm having fun doing them, even if this isn't the goal. Because I didn't just instantly become a voice actor. Right. I, you know, at 17, 16, I was a stand-up comic. 17, I got into radio. And it wasn't until I was in almost my 30s that my career as a voice actor actually took off. Right. So I think that that's the other uh, component of it is, is patience and time. Yeah. And I say to uh, people a lot of times that, you know, don't go and quit your job and and jump into that dream thing work on it on the side and such. And certainly right now with the whole coronavirus thing going on, a lot of people are out of work. I'm getting letters from a lot of my uh, no. listeners saying, you know, I was fired for the first time in my life. I was, I yeah. was let go. I was furloughed. I, I don't know what to do. And And I thought, well, this is an opportunity to start building up those things of, here's that dream job I always wanted. There are opportunities now throughout this time that is kind of a crazy time. But here's a chance to kind of spread my wings a little. Obviously, you got to do it carefully, though, too.
2: Yeah, you know, clearly it, it is this is one of those terrible tragic times i i mean my heart breaks for people i I look at the news and the food lines and the food banks and people who you know really took pride in taking care of themselves and their families now you know having to you know reach out for help and support but uh i I think it again it is an opportunity to say okay now what how do i you know reinvent Myself, I mean, there's probably a better way to say that, because I, I think who you are right now is just fine. Right, <laughs> right. But, right. you know, now what is the opportunity? And uh, mm-hmm. it might take a while, you know, and, and you might have a lot of starts and stops, but absolutely try, you know, I mean, you've got mm-hmm. to keep going. Uh, it, it really is about the adventure of the journey. And yeah. and sometimes, you know, you, you think, and you, you know famous people and successful people, I, I do as well. Yeah. And sometimes we have this mistaken belief that, oh, when I get there, then I'll be happy. <laughs> uh, but it's not true. It really is about the journey. It's about being excited about, hey, I'm I'm trying this. I'm moving in this direction. Do you remember that old song? Well, you're a radio guy, so you know yeah. that. Uh, Neil Sedaka, I Miss yes. the Hungry Years. Yes. Uh, I Miss the Hungry Years. A beautiful song. One of, one of yes. my favorite old songs. I, I know I sound really corny now, but a beautiful <laughs> song. But he talks about, I miss the hungry years. And and for me, I think, yeah, it's those times when you were really beginning that journey. You know, For me, it was like, I remember when I was first married and living in a studio apartment in Santa Monica with my wife. For five years, I lived in a one room, room, house, (laughs) whatever you want to call it. And it was wonderful because we were both pursuing the dream. We were creating a life together. And it was a wonderful time. So I would say, again, if you're really out of work, try to find some adventure, some excitement, some enthusiasm. And I know it's a challenge Yeah. to say, okay, I'm going to at least begin exploring this new direction because it's not about you arriving somewhere. It's Mm -hmm. really about, you know, the courage that it takes to keep taking one step and putting one foot in front of the other as you pursue something new.
0: I I think that that's uh, fantastic advice and, and it goes into the next, um, Topic I was I wanted to talk about because you're really an expert in dealing with this, especially as, as a therapist, all the years of, of study of the brain and how we react to it. You you tell it all very well. I've heard you talk about this many times, but it's something I have dealt with in my life. This fight or flight yeah. that has been uh, kind of built into us now. And, I, you know, I remember reading a book um, on the brain and such. And they were saying, you know, fight or flight is something that really maybe happens to us one percent of the time. Yet in this day and age, we are so anxiety-filled. We're living it more often than not. Can you speak to that a little?
2: Yeah, fight or flight is one of these wonderful mechanisms that God gave, right? He designed the brain, you know, so that when you were, when we were living out on the savannah, you know, when yeah. we were living out in the wild and we carried a spear around with us and, and all of a sudden the woolly mammoth or whatever it was, right, was mm-hmm. about to attack. Fight or flight kicked in. It was right. that brain's response saying, you're about to die, Uh, do something. And and literally it was like, prepare the body to fight, Mm. to flee, to run or to freeze really fight or flight. You can think about it that way. Yeah. So what we face now are symbolic threats largely, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. your literal life isn't frequently in danger. You know, people aren't coming up to you wanting to rob. Well, that happens sometimes, but you're, you know, you're not faced with physical threat all the time. Right. You're going to be robbed or killed, but we react to life so often with the symbolic threats, you know, like the stock market goes down or you get into a fight with your loved one or your family or something like that. And fight or flight kicks in Yeah, and your brain saying you're about to die, respond. And, and really what we have to do is to remind ourselves, I'm not about to die. I, I don't need this fight or flight mechanism to kick in right now. Right. I just need to relax. I need to breathe. I need to calm down. Yes. And so when we do that, then we can begin to deal with life really more appropriately rather than everything is life or death.
0: Yeah. You, you remember when
2: you're like a teenager, right? And it's yeah. like, it's almost cliche. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I wore the I wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe, you know, but that's kind of how our brain continues to respond until we tell it hey, just relax, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not life or death right now.
0: Yeah, th- That is also, you know, I mean, these forms of even um, PTSD, this post-traumatic stress disorder, of sure. things that happened to us uh, as a child that could have been very scary or uh, dramatic, yeah. um, or even actually life-threatening. Uh, does that come into play too to where we kind of revert back to those moments yes. because of something that never was properly dealt with? Is that- is Exactly that- right,
2: yes, you're exactly right. That's what happens. Like like with PTSD, and you could be traumatized as a child, you know, uh, you could be have been abandoned or beat up or whatever else, or this can obviously happen as an adult. Mm-hmm. And the brain will just lock onto that. It'll hold on to it. It'll store it away. Mm-hmm. A- and then sometimes something later on in life can, You know, your girlfriend wants to leave you or your wife is mad at you. And Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the brain says, you're being attacked again. You know, this is happening again. So you have that post-traumatic stress response again. And all of those feelings come flooding back in as though it's happening to you right now. And so, yeah, that's,
0: that's what happens with PTSD. So you do have to heal. You know, and yeah. the question is, well, how do you do that? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you what do you do in in response to that? I know what I do. I and I certainly try to talk about it on the show. But yeah, what what is the answer?
1: I, I
2: think you know. Again, to be somewhat simplistic, I, I mm-hmm. think the first step is to recognize, to go back, and to look at your life and say this is what happened. Your life was threatened right now. You know, you got to go back and sometimes uncover those dark places, which is hard to do. A lot of people don't want to do that. But boy, it's easier to say
0: that happened. (laughs) I don't want to go there again. It is so important. I don't mean to cut you off, but that simple thing for me changed my life. Mm. Once a a voice came in and said, just acknowledge it. I went, oh, because I'm somebody that needs that acknowledgement that justification or what have you and and this is why this is happening because that happened oh right my brain was able to just calm down and then go okay so when i'm in a dark place and i was afraid of the dark as a kid i'm using as an example Mm -hmm. that's why my pulse goes up a little and and i don't feel safe and i have to i have to remind myself this is a reaction to something from before but the amazing thing is is how well the brain responds to that
1: Yes,
2: yes, exactly right. We're we're far more resilient. We're really meant to, you know, God made us wonderfully resilient, mm-hmm. but we can't suppress what happened. You know, it doesn't work. In the gospel, right, Jesus says, pick up your cross and follow me. Right. He doesn't say, follow me and everything's going to be easy, right? Right. In other words, there are going to be difficult things in life, and our job isn't to run from them or suppress those feelings. Our job is to really say, yes, this happened, you know, acknowledge it, like you say, mm-hmm. and and then that can begin the healing. So I think what you just said, to acknowledge what happened, to allow yourself to, you know, see what happened, and then to say, okay, and now what is my life like? What's going on now? Can I feel safe right now? What is the evidence that I'm still being threatened right now. Oh, I'm not. Okay. Now I can actually live with some more peace in my life. So, I mean, that's about the 22nd version of how to from PTSD. Very
0: good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, but, and, and it is important and it's, it's amazing to what uh, social media, uh, cell phones, all of our constant bombardment of having, Everything at our, you know, I I have a tendency to believe that even all of this that we're going through right now is being amplified so loudly through all of our social media and our devices that it is creating new forms of, uh, or not new forms of, but like new PTSD in people because they're. Yeah, I grabbed my phone and I saw this information and it was shocking and and now we're building up these new things that we need to start breaking down and breaking away again. So you know, we try to spend time away from our phones here in our house. I don't know how you are there, but it's, it's, it's tricky, isn't it?
2: It is. It is. And yet they've done research on this. You know, Mm -hmm. again, one of the reasons why young people are struggling so much with uh, anxiety and depression is again, because of social media, you're constantly plugged in. Yes. Like, you know, when you and I were children, That's right. back, <laughs> way
1: back when,
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but what would you do? You'd go out and, you know, play, kick the can or tackle your neighbor or, you know, run around in the woods. But, you know, we have less of that now. Yeah. Now it's, you know, going online. It's like, oh, she looks better than me. He's doing this. And yeah. or we're attacked on social media. And, And news is all about, it's that quick, you know, alert, alert, everything's going wrong. Because if you don't think things are going wrong, if you don't think it's desperate, why tune in?
0: Yeah. And then also just this pressure to feel, to put up a fight of, if you don't believe the way I believe, you know, we're, we're no longer at this point. My my buddy, Tom Wilson, uh, the actor, Mm -hmm. and I have talked about that of like, you know, most people don't agree with each other 100%. Now, even though you and I, we can sit here and, and, and we're, we're good friends and we talk about things, you, I, I'm going to bet that Joe and James don't agree 100% on everything. No, if you say it, I agree with you. It's the only smart thing <laughs> no. to do. James Arnold Taylor says, I go, yes, I agree. We forget that though. And now it's been kind of built up that if somebody doesn't agree with you 100%, there's either something wrong with them, it's a reason to get mad, it's a reason to fight. And we have to learn to just kind of go, oh, yeah everybody's a little different i mean it it all starts to link together though too in in our responses to that would you would you say that that's yes
2: absolutely well we have become so polarized especially politically yeah and it's really filtered down into our lives we it's it's in the world of psychology we call it black or white thinking Mm -hmm. i'm good which means you must be bad yeah And, and so we put up a fight because we're afraid to say yeah, I don't really know. or you've got a point there. Mm-hmm. And I would say this, look, I'm not a political scientist, right. but but I would say, if you've got to run <laughs> our politics that way, okay, I, I don't think we do, but I think we do. <laughs> I think we do it. Yeah, but that is no way to run your families or your friendships or your relationships. You know, we've got to enter into these things more humbly and really just seek to talk about ideas. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's hard to get into a fight with somebody., uh, you know, let's just say, you're a Republican and your friend is a Democrat, rather than saying, you're wrong, that you're the party of evil, Mm -hmm. to say, well, what is it that you would like to happen? You know, why would taxes at this rate be better, this rate lower, you know, would be better? Right. Because in our families, the most important thing with your spouses, whatever your relationship is, Mm -hmm. you know, the most important thing for us to do is to really try to understand each other. Right. uh, Rather than demonize each other. Yes. So if you talk about the ideas versus attacking the person, you know, that's going to lower the uh, the anger atmosphere, I think, quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And the acknowledgement of the other person is such an important aspect of it. Like my daughter, who is 15, I find that if I acknowledge her and I acknowledge her feelings kind of first and foremost throughout uh it makes it so much easier to ask her to clean her room or to do what have you, you know. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I find it in my marriage as well. I find it with my friends that, you know, it's it's, it's that acknowledgement that we're kind of missing now, or we yeah. feel is an underhanded attack, or we just don't trust. And and some of that is, goes back to the fight or flight. This just kind of this weird thing that we've built up. And so I just try to have this place. This I call this the JAT Fellowship here. Yeah. The other thing that I say on the show is know what you believe and why you believe. It, but also know more than you want to know in life. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, that's great. I think that that kind of goes back to it is, is we don't want to know more than we know. We just want to have people agree with what we know. And if we're willing to know more, it really makes us uh, wiser people and able to communicate with just about anybody, wouldn't you say? Right
2: yeah absolutely you know some people wonder you know as a therapist right and i, I know mm-hmm. you're a, a, a fan of therapy you're open to yes. the whole idea of talk therapy and everything else absolutely sometimes people uh, you know they'll they'll leave a session and i'll go oh man i, I hope i helped them they'll come in the next week and they'll say that was the best ever <laughs> and, and then of course i'm nodding my head like of course it was right i, I know <laughs> but then i'm thinking what did i actually do and the truth is this here's the secret about really great therapy is we all have this tremendous need to be heard yeah to be seen to be understood and the vast majority of therapy is really giving people the opportunity to be understood to be heard to be acknowledged right and that's really the gift of therapy and if we can bring those same principles that principle into our relationships mm-hmm. i hear you I see you. Mm-hmm. That's a great gift that we can give each other. We really don't have to agree with one another. Right. What we have to do is to understand each other, to see where we're coming from. Yes. And, and that lowers, you know, any tension. It's like, oh, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Because you know, as a parent, right, you've got this beautiful daughter, 15 years old. Yep. There are a lot of things your daughter's gonna come to you and say, Daddy, I want to do this. Yeah, and a lot of times to be a good parent, you're going to have to say no, honey. We can't do that. Right. Right. And there's a couple of ways to do that. I'm going to paint in broad strokes here. Sure. The first way is like, no, how dare you ask me to do that? We can't do that. Right. And (laughs) she's going to feel really bad. She's going to shut down. She's not going to feel heard, understood, and right. It's going to lead to bad feelings. Right. But you can still say no to her. Mm -hmm. You know, you can say, oh, honey, I'd love to. I'd love to take you to Disneyland today, but you know, we can't because of this reason and, but let's go out and play, or maybe, you know, next year we can go to Disneyland. She's going to feel okay with hearing no, Mm -hmm. right? She's going to feel okay because you've heard her, you understand her, you you acknowledge her desires. And that's really an important principle. I, I think the more that we can do that, the more truly we can get along with each other.
0: Yeah, and remembering that those principles are for, you know, all ages too, because I think that people can certainly relate to that example, but we forget then when we're talking to our, you know, 65-year-old accountant and we're arguing about this, that, or the other, or our boss who's this age or that, that it's the same thing. It never stops. We're all still... Responding to things that have happened to us throughout our whole lives, right? And yes. so we still need that response. So yeah, really important stuff to share here. Yeah, you know, I've always been very open about my faith on this show. I talk about my faith all the time, and and uh, um, quite a large amount of my audience is is Christian, but then there's a lot of folks that are not. And what I find uh, to be fascinating and and wonderful is, you know, I have atheists that listen to the show. I have uh, folks of just other belief systems that that listen, and they say I like just hearing you talk about your faith. Uh, I like that you're just, you know, open about it. You're not pushing it. You're just explaining it. And I think that that's the best way we learn is just by being open to hearing things. But it's really the center of my life. It's I know it's the center of yours. It can make people uncomfortable when we're just like pushing it. But uh, can we get closer, you know, to God without just being like overly pious people? How do, how do you do that on a regular basis when when you're dealing with somebody that maybe... Uh, Like like in a therapy session, you may have somebody that is not believing the same way as you, and yet you're a counselor that's basing what you do on your belief system as well. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it does. And boy, what a great question you're asking. And I think that you know, as Christians, and and again, my faith has been molded in the in the crucible of adversity and fire. Right. Uh, You know, uh, so you're going to go through difficult times in your life, and I, I think sometimes real faith is just to love. You know, we think, oh, living out our Christian faith is about preaching. No, more than anything, it's just to love, is to meet people's needs and to care for them, to be kind. You know, the the story of the Good Samaritan, right? You're familiar mm-hmm. with the gospel story. Yep. You know, man gets beaten up and everything else. The religious people walk by him. Yeah. But who comes by and helps him? The, the Good Samaritan. And he just takes care of his needs. He puts him on his donkey. He puts him up in a hotel. He tends to his wounds. Yeah, and, and I think the more that we can do that, you know, that Mother Teresa kind of life, right. you know, we, we can't do great things, but we can do small things with great love.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: I, I think that's really living out the gospel mm-hmm. is just to do the small things with love. Yep. And uh, I, I think that's how we grow in faith. And that's how we share our faith. Yeah. I, I think too, you know, I, the, I always go back to, I think about this, that mm-hmm. leper. I forget where which gospel story it is. It Here's mm-hmm. in a couple different gospel stories. Yeah. He goes up to Jesus and said, Lord, if you want to, you can heal me. Right. Jesus says, okay, I want to. <laughs> he yeah. heals him. But then he gives him an interesting instruction. He says, Don't go talk about this all over town. In other words, he says, you don't have to blab about this. Yeah. Your cleansed, your grateful life will bear witness to what I've done. And I think the more that we can live with gratitude, I, I think that's bearing witness to our faith more than anything else. Yeah. And, and from a psychological standpoint, I can say that the more that we live with gratitude, the healthier you are. I mean, secular researchers and therapists have come to this conclusion that you right. know, making a gratitude list, focusing on the blessings in your life, the good things in your life. That's going to make you healthier and happier. Absolutely. And, and I think that's the best way to live out our Christian life is to be grateful.
0: <laughs> so, it it yeah. is amazing. You know, we start our day with prayer uh, together, my wife and I, and then uh, mm-hmm. as a family we do. But we also do these things that like Norman Vincent Peale, the the you know, writer and, and theologian, mm-hmm. pastor, uh, you know, I, I believe today's going to be a wonderful day. I believe I can successfully handle all problems that will arise today. I feel good physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful to be alive. These these kind of positive affirmations, and I know affirmations and things like that, it, they get kind of almost like people roll their eyes. It's kind of corny like the old Saturday Night Live bit, you know, <laughs> Jack Handy, you know. I feel good today, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it is amazing what the brain takes in uh, negatively and positively. And if we fill our day or if we start our day with those positives, uh, I mean, there is science that shows the brain responds to that, right?
2: Yes. Yes. It's not just some goofy new age thing. The brain has what's called a negativity bias. And what that Mm -hmm. means in short is when you see a threat out Mm -hmm. there in the big bad world, your brain, your focus goes to that threat. So think about this. Yes, there are threats out there in the world, and there's a natural gravitation. There's a natural focus that your brain is going to have. But if you're always focusing on those negative things, your heart, your mind, your soul is going to fill up with the negative. Right. So you've got to be conscientious. You've got to consciously choose to focus to see what is good Mm -hmm. and right. As Paul says in Philippians chapter four, these things that are good, that are true, that are noble, that are beautiful, focus on these things. Yes. You know? Sometimes we have to make that deliberate choice to choose and focus and to see what is good in the world, to choose to see what is good in each other, because that makes us healthier and happier and that makes the world a better place.
0: Absolutely. And that goes to kind of, and we kind of wrap uh, in, in this in that, you know, what are the things we can do during this lockdown time, during this quarantine time, this time where we're kind of alone? Uh, I fill myself with positive things. We put on some good music. I like a lot of jazz. I'm putting on old turn to my turntable and playing some old, you know, uh, music like that off of records, but also listening to the Psalms and things. Yeah. But we're also watching you know, more positive things. I like watching shows that make me laugh, that make me feel good, you know? Oh, yeah. And and (laughs) so, and you and I are both, obviously, movie and TV fans being actors uh, and and such. Is there anything for you that's like a go-to kind of movie or show or song or album that you put on when you're kind of like, I'm kind of fighting against it?
2: Yeah, I do. I listen to a lot of good music. I have a good sound system, maybe not quite as good as yours, but I have a good sound (laughs) system stereo. Yeah. So I listen to good music. I mean, I like, I don't know, Sarah Bareilles and Ben Rector and John Legend, those kinds of things. Yeah. But I will purposely, I, you know, I'm a big fan of comedies and uh, I just, you know, I'll watch things like zoolander or <laughs> or uh, lately i've been watching the christopher guest movies uh oh you know, yeah. waiting for guffman yep. or this is spinal tap because laughter is so, so good and during these dark times again you've got it that's one of the ways to choose to focus on the positive because when you laugh mm-hmm. you know it, when you laugh and this is scriptural proverbs speaks about this you know laughter is a good medicine right when you laugh you're reminding yourself that you're not about to die that life isn't just tragedy that there is good out there so i you know i i i specifically will watch the you know those classic funny movies typically anybody who falls down is very funny to me i love slapstick <laughs> yeah yeah the old three stooges
0: and, <laughs> yeah. and all of those things too yeah, yeah i yeah, yeah. i love all of it you know uh, uh, defending your life is one of my uh, favorites and it certainly is not like a Christian film. Uh, it's uh, Albert Brooks, yeah. but he, he dies and he goes to Judgment City. I just feel like it's a great reminder of all of this, of just like, you know, it, it, because the whole movie is about fear, yeah. facing your fears, and that he lived a life that was kind of fear-based. And so will he come back in a new life in that? Yeah. But I love that whole thing because we can spend our whole day in fear, watching the news, staying on Twitter and social media and all of that, or we can... We can go out there and laugh and look at life and look at a tree, as I always say, uh, look at a tree and see the beauty of it and get outside and yeah. and, and breathe some air. So, yeah, uh, I thank you for all of that. But I also thank you for giving us more of the kind of the, the science to it, because for me personally, it's always been more important uh, at the end of the day for me to be able to handle things by knowing truths about it. And if yeah. I know those truths, my brain just handles things better. So I really appreciate you enlightening us in that way. Oh,
2: my pleasure, man. My pleasure. You're you're a bright guy. You're a you're a <laughs>
0: wise man,
1: James. <sighs> <Arnold Taylor. laughs> so
0: now, well, so are you. And where can people then? Uh, you you've got uh, Facebook. You're taking it, and we can actually watch you on Facebook. And you are addressing topics and such. Can
2: yeah. Well, the Joe Secora shows. Basically, I'm on Twitter on that, and I put up you know several times a week a little forty five second encouraging videos. Right. Or, I love those. Know, Joe Socorro show on Instagram and Facebook. You know, once or twice a week, I'll do shows and I combine psychology and uh, faith. Right. Uh, that's kind of my passion, my love to do that. Yep. And uh, you know, I'm working on some other things. God willing, it would require a miracle. But I'm I'm trying to create a TV show
0: right now. Oh man, uh, which is doing just that. It's- I've seen it. it. Always forward. Correct. Is that is that the title? Yes.
2: Yes. That that is it. Always forward. When I was doing radio, you know, I had a radio show for about four years, mm-hmm. and uh, and I would talk about psychology and combine the faith. Right. And right. Uh, I would always end the show with. I will meet you back on the road, which is the meaning to that is you got to meet people where they are. As a therapist, you know, you can't come in and say, well, you've got problems. I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> you know, you got to meet people where they are. Yeah. But I will meet you back on the road and remember, or then, you know, whatever. And remember, always forward. And, and so I think that's the call for us yes. is, is to always say, okay, I've been knocked down. But I always forward, I'm going to get back up. I'm not going to deny the fall. I'm not going to deny the setback. But as long as I've got breath, I'm going to take that next step. That is you know, awesome. Always forward.
0: So always forward is the name of the show. And uh, uh, I've seen a few episodes of it. It's really awesome. Thank you. It kind of reminds me of uh, shows that I love, like uh, uh, Caesar Milan, the Dog Whisperer, where you know he like he goes, uh, he gets in his vehicle and he goes out to the person's house and he kind of interacts with them uh, to address their their issues with their their animal or something. Right. You're doing it with people's minds, with their the psychology that we're dealing with on a regular basis. You get in the car, you don't just meet them in an office, and you go to them, and then you all get out into nature and you you yeah. have a session. Yeah, it's a beautiful show. It's a great way of introducing people that may be a little afraid to take that first step and find a therapist on their own. Right. Yeah. That's the whole idea
2: is to normalize therapy, to normalize
0: the problems that we all
2: face. You know, the struggles talking about anxiety or depression or grief or loss or suicide, whatever it is. And to say, Hey, this is how it affects you and the people around you, right. and and then you know I always try to leave with some encouraging message about you know how to move forward, how to take those next steps. So as opposed to some of the other psychology shows on TV that are very very exploitive, you know I I mean
1: yeah
0: I, I I'm just not going to do that as a therapist I can't do,
2: I can't do that I would never do that,
0: and uh, I don't you know. think there's a chance for people to really. Grow and learn the same way in those, you know, I mean, again, they're really more so for, uh, you know, titillation, uh, if you right. will, of, of, of the, ooh, look at this, um, yeah. this leaves you with the ability of now I have some tools by watching Joe with this person or that person dealing with a problem that's very similar to mine. So I'm hoping and praying that this show you've created really takes off on its own and, and that we find a place for it to be. And so I hope everybody listening will, will follow you and, and spread as much encouragement to share and get this show out there as well, too. Uh, thank you. Thank you, I appreciate that. Yeah. And then your your Twitter handle, your Instagram handle is uh, Joe Secora Show. Joe yeah. Secora all Show. Yeah. yeah, all one George. word, no no underscores yeah. or any of that. Yeah. So, and no. I'll yeah. post it here as well. But, uh, Joe, thank I thank you so much again. Uh, I I am just honored to call you friend and to have you on the show here and to help. And I, I hope maybe we can do this again sometime. Uh, and and maybe even take some people's calls and stuff because I have the I ability would to love take calls. To do so. that. Okay, I would good
2: love to do. you're doing great work, man. Keep it keep it up and uh, God bless you and all that you're doing. so I'm a big fan of everything
0: you're doing. <laughs> well, God bless you, my brother. I appreciate that so much. Joe Sakura, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being on the show. Yes, Joe Sakura, so you want to go to Instagram and follow at. The underscore Joe underscore Sikora, S-I-K-O-R-R-A underscore show, the Joe Sikora show. Follow him on Instagram, follow him on Facebook. Facebook, he does these beautiful, you know, like half hour or sometimes more talks on various things and takes letters and emails or whatever, you know, kind of answers questions that he's been getting and talking about things that are very topical, very timely, Check out The Joe Sakura Show. What a great guy. Please buy his book as well, Defying Gravity. Go to Amazon.com. It is not an expensive buy. It is a very compelling, and I mean this in the best way, easy read, meaning a few hundred pages you go through and you're entertained, you're ensconced in somebody's life that has, has again, seen it all and dealt with the hardest tragedies you can deal with and has found ways of doing it with joy. That's amazing. Okay. Joe Sikora. What a great, great guest. Hey, I wanted to get to one email before we end the show. I got a letter from a fellow named Rick in the United States. He says, I was just laid off yesterday. I've never been unemployed in my life. I'm full of fear for my family as the primary breadwinner. I don't know what to do. I'm going to go back and listen to your podcasts again. They've helped me through other troubles that I've had and that now seem stupid and petty. (laughs) I'm praying for God's guidance and peace. Thank you for what you do. Ah, oh, Rick, God bless you, my friend. You've been in my prayer since I received your email, and I'm sorry I haven't answered. I'm sorry, folks, I've been trying to get to e- answering emails, and I try to answer them here on the show, as you know. Rick, I want to tell you a story, um, and, I, and I want to be clear why I tell stories, why, I do, why do I do this stuff, because I learn from learning. In other words, I learn from listening and taking in and feeling other people's experiences. Plus, I want to learn from people that have experienced things that I've experienced or more. Again, know more than you want to know. Know what you believe and why you believe it. It all goes in line with it. So I have a story because I do know what it's like to be unemployed. This goes way back to when I was 20, 21, almost 21. Now, I've mentioned before that I was a DJ from the age of 17 on and I worked in radio. My first job was at a local radio station in my hometown of Santa Barbara at 17. I walked in there and said, how do you get into radio? Started sweeping up the floors and by the time I was 20, 21 years old, I had my own show. I was the prime time eight to midnight DJ. I was the production director for the station, which meant I wrote, voiced and produced most of the radio commercials that we did. I did all of the advertising stuff for them in that and worked with the sales department in that. I had been the assistant promotion director there in a very short time, in about three and a half years. I ran the gamut and became very successful as a known DJ in my hometown there of Santa Barbara. And it's very common in radio for new management to come in. And so we had a new program director that came in and she decided she was not a fan of the old James Arnold Taylor And I went by James Taylor at the time. I was the Night Rocker. James Taylor, you're listening to the Night Rocker here on K-Tide. That was Pink Floyd. We're going to hear from Led Zeppelin. So it was our classic rock station. And I had a nice little following. I was a local kid, you know, born and raised in Santa Barbara and all of that and produced the commercials, a lot of commercials people liked, all the voices I did, all that stuff. This woman had come from another place and did not like me and wanted to get rid of me And one day I was about to start this brand new show that I was doing that night. I was going to, it was premiering that night. It was local bands where I was going to interview local bands and stuff. And before I could put that show out on the air, which I knew people would have liked, she came in while I was working on it in the production room and fired me. Just straight up. You're done. You're gone. Out. I was just about 21 years old at this time. I was shocked and I was dismayed and I was hurt. Because I didn't really feel as though I had done anything wrong. And look, in radio, it's not uncommon to lose your job when a new program director comes in. That's actually pretty common. Most people that work in radio go, oh, you're kind of nobody until you get fired. Doesn't matter when you're 21 years old, engaged, about to get married, about to start a new life, have a successful job and a successful career, moving towards your goals of eventually moving to Hollywood to be a voice actor and all of that. So I was devastated. I lost everything. I was unable to collect unemployment because this woman filed a grievance against me saying that I was not a good employee and made it so I could not collect unemployment. So I had to move out of my apartment, move back in with my mom. Thanks, mom. Let me sleep on her sofa while I was completely unemployed. Had to borrow money from my aunt. Thank you to my aunt. And really had to do some soul searching. Now, yes, very different than being a family man with kids and wife and all of that. I, I get that. I'm not trying to say, Rick, I'm going through the same thing. I'm saying I've been in that. Here's my story. So I was, you know, starting my life. My wife uh, was not my wife yet. We were engaged. She was in City College. and um, And so I had to scramble. I had to try to figure it out. So I went to, I applied for every possible radio job I could. And of course, Los Angeles being the, one of the biggest radio markets on the planet, nobody was going to hire me. I was just a local DJ in a small town, even though I had a pretty great production ability because I, I was producing things and doing voices and I, I was very creative production wise, but I I sent tapes out. So you had cassette tapes back then and I sent tapes out everywhere and I tried to get a job and I could not collect unemployment because of this woman. So I had to file a grievance with them and, and uh, put it into arbitration and mediation and With the unemployment insurance and all of that and wait and wait and wait and months passed, months passed and I, I got a uh, job offer in North Carolina. So I moved to North Carolina with the thought that eventually my wife would follow me out there once we got married, we would move out there and such put everything in my of that I owned in my life in uh, the back of my pickup truck and I moved to North Carolina. I moved there and I, I drove there for four days. I took, I drove from Santa Barbara, California, which is on one side of the coast to North Carolina, which is the other side of the country. And I did it in four days, which is not recommended. (laughs) I do not recommend that. I was having like hallucinations while driving and stuff because I was driving till all ends of the night. It was terrible because they were like, well, we'd like you here by this time. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. I was Billy. "Uh, I'll do whatever you want. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. I was going to be the production director and the morning show producer at an oldie station in North Carolina. So I got there in four days, got the job, got an apartment, all that. Just try to start over anew. And that's when I realized you know, seven months in that I really needed and wanted to be a voice actor in Hollywood. I had pitched this idea for a Back to the Future cartoon. And they said, no, but thanks anyways. And then within the year, they had created a Back to the Future cartoon that came out and starred my friend David Kaufman as the voice of Marty McFly. Well, good, good for you, David. Um, David was Danny Phantom as well and stuff. But uh, I had actually put a whole pitch together and sent it to him. Anyways, at that point when I saw that They were making this cartoon even after I had pitched one that was very similar. And I don't, I'm not saying they stole my idea. I'm just saying it happens in Hollywood. It gave me the drive to go, you know what? I'm going back there and I'm going to conquer this whole thing. I'm going to be a voice actor in Hollywood and I'm going to do it. And so I did. So I moved back with no job, no prospects, nothing. And took the, you know, the last paycheck I had had from these folks and moved back home after seven months. When I got home, this is, I got a a job part-time at a, radio station, an easy listening station in town, which was very confusing because then it was, this is James Taylor playing James Taylor (laughs) because there's James Taylor, the singer. Anyways, it was fun. And I get a call from the unemployment office saying, we will hear your case now. Now, this has been months, you know, almost a year. And they finally heard my case. And within the time that I had been at the other station, The station's management fired the program director that fired me, and she eventually had ended up firing the rest of the staff, which had been people that had been there forever and were wonderful people. She fired everybody, and so they ended up firing her, bringing some people back, and they ended up saying she was wrong, and I won my unemployment money and got that money. It wasn't a huge amount of money, obviously, but it was enough to help me get my start back back up on my feet. I was still living on my mom's couch, but... The day before my wedding to my wife at the age of 21, the station called me back and offered me my old job back. And I took it and I was there for a little while. And then eventually, very quickly actually, moved into working and getting a job in Los Angeles, producing radio comedy for the premier radio networks. And you all know that story. I've told it before, but it was part of the story. It was part of the plan. It was part of what needed to happen to make me stronger. Needed to happen to give me the drive and needed to happen to show some redemption in it too. So I say all of that, Rick, and to all of you that are struggling right now with these things, trust, trust, trust in the Lord with all your heart, not on your own understanding. Know that whatever you're going through is, is there to help make you stronger. And here's the big one. Here's, here's the big one right now that we all need to do. Do not live in fear. Do not live in fear. We are to fear only one thing in life, and that is God. And it's not the same fear. It's reverence. We've talked about it before, but I'm going to keep talking about it. We have reverence for God. We do not have fear like we fear, you know, the dark or... Brian fears clowns Um, and so some people fear clowns. I'm not making light of that I know some people fear it's it's scary but I'm just trying to say we are to live in confidence and strength knowing that each and every one of these things that are no good there's there's no good thing I can say to anybody that has lost a job in this in situation that we're currently in in this world that I honestly believe is just a mess and needs to end that's as that's as much as I'm going to say about it this has been a great show. You know, look, uh, there's so much more to cover. There's so much more for me to tell you and talk about in regards to all the things that we're experiencing here. So I just want to say, hang in there. I'm going to do another show soon. I'm going to start uh, probably doing some shows with interviews of some of my friends, some of my good friends, just to help lighten up the mood and talk to people that have known me for years and we will just talk about life and stuff and try to inspire you. But I also just want to remind you all, stay safe out there. But that doesn't mean... Uh, everything that you're getting out there. What I mean by stay safe, what I mean is keep your heart safe, okay? Breathe through it. Don't be a victim of it. Don't let this stuff get you down. Don't let all of the noise of the media and the junk that is going on and the politics that are going on in, in regards to all of this get you down. Remember, we're human beings and we are made for contact with each other. We are made to love each other. We are made to embrace each other. So do not think that this all means we are supposed to fear each other and not trust each other anymore. The biggest thing that I I fear out of all of this is that we all stop trusting each other. Don't stop trusting people, okay? And let's all remember, yes, wash our hands, stay safe and all of that. But let's also remember... We need to love each other. We need to trust each other. We need to not fear. We cannot live in fear. The God I know, the God I believe in, doesn't allow for me to live in fear because he's got this. He's got this, all right? Mr. Announcer Guy. Yes, James? Close us out with that legal mumbo jumbo. Here we go, man. Talking to Myself, the James Arnold Taylor podcast is a production of Yumigo Inc. Recorded at Chat Studios. Engineered, written, recorded, and produced by you guessed it, James Arnold Taylor. All voices are parody and should be construed as entertainment only. All music and sound effects used with permissions and licenses through backtracks, digital juice, production tracks, and partners in rhyme.
1: James Arnold Taylor's Talking to Myself, the podcast. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Thanks for that. You got it, dude.
0: Okay. Everybody, we're going to get through this. We are going to get through this. More shows to come. More shows coming out. I've been putting out a lot of content on my YouTube channel. Check out my YouTube channel if you have not. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all of that. It's at JATACTOR, at J-A-T-ACTOR. Please subscribe. Please give me nice comments on the iTunes there. Give me thumbs ups. No thumbs downs. Uh, still tired of those two people giving me thumbs down and now it's two of them so they're starting a, a trend now it's two people that don't like me uh, but uh, God bless you too I'm praying for you I know you're not listening all the way through to my end of my shows because I know what you do is you get on there and you just give me a thumbs down the second you see me post but if you happen to be listening and you're one of those people that gives me the thumbs down I'm praying for you I have love for you I believe in you and I know you can accomplish good things in life so, so please know James is not against you I just prefer you to not give me those thumbs downs. God bless you, folks. Don't let the bad stuff get to you. Stay strong, and we will talk to you very soon.
1: Bye-bye.